After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Welcome to Greater Good Radio Hawaii, where leaders inspire leaders. Greater Good Radio Hawaii is dedicated to social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Evan Leong, and with me is my co-host, Carrie Leong. Thank you, Evan. Today's guest is Nate Smith, president of Oceanic Time Warner Cable. He is on the board of directors for Aloha United Way, American Red Cross, and several others. Please welcome to Greater Good Radio, Nate Smith. Welcome to our show, Nate. It's a pleasure to be here. Could you tell us a little bit about Oceanic Time Warner Cable? Uh, yeah, uh, Oceanic Time Warner Cable has been around in Hawaii since 1964, and presently it has over 400,000 customers of who take varying services from high-speed data, video, phone, and what have you. And I think it's been an integral part of the Hawaiian community for the, these last uh, 35 years or so. How did you get involved initially with Oceanic? Well, um, my roots go back to Time Warner, and I actually started years ago with Time Warner and Manhattan Cable. And then from there, I moved to California and Colorado and Pennsylvania and Kansas City and Colorado. And finally, uh, in 1991, I moved to New Zealand, and I ran a, a satellite video service in New Zealand for 10 years. And then in... 2001, I came back to the Time Warner fold in Hawaii. When you were moving with Time Warner from California to Colorado to Pennsylvania, was it because they were expanding? Was it because your positions were moving up? What was the reason for so much moving? Yeah, in those days, it was very early days of cable television, and they were winning franchises and building out. And so wherever a franchise was won, uh, you'd go and start it up and... and, uh, it was a wonderful time for getting into the cable business because there were so many jobs available because it was such a new industry that they moved you along quite a bit. I, I was in, lived in four places in a year and a half. So. so you went in to develop markets is what happened? Yeah, well, the way, the way you start in the cable industry is if you're in the operations side, they put you in a very small system, like I was in California with 6,000 subscribers. And then they put you in a bigger one and a bigger one and a bigger one. And so you keep moving up to bigger size systems. And that's how you sort of get into the, the game. And you're currently the president, right? It's true. So could you tell us a little bit about your day-to-day activities and you know, what you're responsible for? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm responsible for all aspects of the business. Um, but I guess my most important role is sort of setting the overall direction and then creating an environment in which everybody can achieve their goals. So I'm not so much in the business as, as on it. And so I sort of say, here's the overall scope, and make sure everybody knows their role. And then an important facet of any business is you tend naturally to build silos. So Department A wants to work on what's important to Department A, but Department B needs help from Department A, and Department A is saying, no, I'm happy to be doing this other thing. And it's just natural human nature. So one of the things you have to spend a lot of quality time in terms of creating the environment is making sure all the 
interdependent departments realize there's a greater goal than just maximizing their department's goals. And how are you doing that, though? I think that that has to be done through uh, constant reinforcement and uh, also th- from a positive way, making sure that we've set the goals so that the everybody's rewarded psych- psychologically as well as uh, materially for the group goals as opposed to the individual department's goals. And how many employees does Time Warner employ throughout the world? Oh, throughout the world, I wouldn't know. They've, uh, I can tell you uh, in Hawaii alone, we have uh, about 900 employees, but throughout the world, it would be, I could only guess maybe 100,000 or something. What size market would they consider Hawaii? Hawaii is an interesting one because while Hawaii would sort of be a, a large as opposed to a mega market, because of its isolation, it's much less run like a branch office and more a business that's totally an entity of its own. How are you able to build this company culture? I mean, being that you have so many employees, you know, you're president, and like you said, you have to take care of each department that has their different focus of what they want to do. So how are you able to nurture yeah, it's, this? it's tough. And not only it, because we serve all of Hawaii, it's not only different departments, it's different islands. And so the vision has to be one that's articulated continually on every occasion. And you can't blow an uncertain trumpet. They ha- everybody has to know this is the, this is the game and, and it doesn't waver. And then we do things like we have uh, employee breakfasts where all the employees come and we give presentations and we do that about three or four times a year. And they're connected through video conferencing so all the islands participate. And so that's just one example of just keeping everybody on song and, and also keeping them jazzed because we're always trying new things. And I think there's some something invigorating you know, to the esprit de corps of our operation by doing new stuff. Everybody gets excited and on board with that. So, Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Howdy sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion. Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. Greatergoodradio.com. You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. Today's guest is Nate Smith, president of Oceanic Time Warner Cable. He is on the advisory board of AIG on the University of Hawaii's College of Business Administration. Nate, you've been in quite a bit of areas doing this type of business. What do you see that's different working here in Hawaii? There were some real similarities between Hawaii and New Zealand, and those being the, the, the sort of these island nations that are out in the middle of nowhere. And, and what comes from that is this sort of fierce independent thinking that because you're out here and nobody else is going to help you out, you better figure it out for yourself. There's, and so 
uh, self-reliance, I would say, is in our organization is pretty palpable trait. And the other thing is, uh, I think both in New Zealand and Hawaii, I think maybe from an inferiority standpoint, new products tend to be taken up on a, at a higher rate than in the mainland. And my theory is people have this theory by the time they come to Hawaii or New Zealand, the whole world must have had it by now. So therefore, it's okay to go. <laughs> How are you finding the um, skill level of the workers here in Hawaii compared to anywhere else as this is kind of high tech, more or less? Yeah. Well, um, the engineering side of the business is probably one of the foremost engineering departments in the, in the business. Jim Chittix, who was previously the head of engineering here, went to become the chief technology officer for Time Warner Cable and is now running open television. So his legacy sort of carries on with the quality of the people he has and we have and the, you know, their focus and bias for action. I'm really curious about your path to president. Were you expecting that? And could you tell us a little bit about how you got that position? Because when you first started, it was like general manager, then general manager of another area. Right. Then you were like general manager of operations in three different locations. And then, you know, you left. You said you went to New Zealand and you're back as president. So could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, I think along the way, it's all been a nice learning experience. I think what you learn as you go along the way is you gain an experience that helps you in your decision making. And so, for example, in the early days, you're not even making decisions. People are just telling you what to do, and then you, if you fill it up, you know, fulfill what they're telling you to do well, you get to move up. And then when you finally get to decision making, you tend to make decisions if you're in a crisis situation because then nobody can blame you. So you say, oh, geez, I had to do something. And if you had to do something and it works out, then you're a good guy. And if you had to do something that doesn't work out, well, nobody can blame you because there was a crisis. And then when you get to the next level, when you have enough experience, you start making decisions based on what you think is going to happen. Now, that, that can be very dangerous because you go down a path and then the path turns out to be the wrong one. And for reasons that nobody saw at the time or they would have said we shouldn't be going down there, that become very clear. Now they go, well, why didn't they do that? He didn't have to look at this, this, and this. Clearly, he didn't have to do that. So the stages of decision-making, when you have enough confidence to say we're going to go in this direction and uh, be relatively you know, bulletproof or if it doesn't work or you have to modify your position that you know, you're psychologically not impaired and saying, geez, this guy's a bum, I never, why do you do that? So I'd say those are the people that can make decisions based about what they think is going to happen as opposed to what's happening to them right now is sort of the final level. So it's like taking accountability and making sure that, you know, you have all of the facts or different choices before you make the decision and make the best one that you think that you should lead your team in? That's right. And, and I think the point I'm trying to make is that I think there's a certain courage to having to do this. But, you know, all courage is based on knowledge. So somebody dismantling a bomb isn't all that nervous because he's got the skills to do that. And so having the courage to create something or take a direction is all based on experience. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, 
and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Is the greatest part of your workday the leftover lasagna you packed for lunch? Is it quickly becoming apparent that you and everyone you know are smarter than your boss? Just how satisfying is it to wear an untucked shirt on Fridays? It's time you stopped filling a position and started being fulfilled with a job that excites you every day, not just payday. And now is the perfect time to demand more of the work week. The Honolulu Star Bulletin and Midweek Work with Monster so you can live up to your potential right here. Your calling is calling. Find it at starclassifieds.monster.com. We're back with Nate Smith, president of Oceanic Time Warner Cable. Nate, before we were talking about when you set the course, you, you're going down that course and you realize, oops, it's the wrong course. What are the best ways to deal with that? Well, I think that's a very savvy question, and I'll tell you why. A lot of people look at going down a new course as really high risk, but the reality is you manage that the whole way. It's not like you've set it off and then, and so even when you're going down a new, uh, taking a new direction, you're adjust. you're making minor adjustments all the time. I think the other point to that is um, the very basis of taking it, going down new directions, to me, the essence of that is uh, idea generation. And Jack Welch said, you know, innovation takes place all across the value chain so that all parts of the organization are innovating all the time. And I think it's idea generation based on a, a full understanding of the vision of where you're trying to get to that takes you down a course and helps you adjust along the way. And uh, I learned in reading, I think, Ram Charan's book on idea generation, that it's important that when you're developing new ideas, that 50% of those ideas come from within the organization and 50% come from without. And the reason is if 100% come from within, you get the joke, right? And the consumer may not see it. I mean, you see it every day through your own eyes, but you're not seeing it through the consumer's eyes. And over-reliance on people from the outside generating ideas from you is they don't understand your business. And so a nice tension between the two can help push things forward like some of the projects we're doing with, uh, say, the Las Vegas channel. It's a nice mix of outside people and inside people trying to make these things go. So as I say, I guess charting a course using idea generation and adjusting as you go are sort of you know the very essence of... Uh, what are you doing to keep your organization adaptable? Because you set the course, you start going along, and you you know you make adjustments as you're going. Especially if you know that the direction that you're going is is seems to be working. Maybe the exact steps may need to be changed. How do you keep the organization adaptable? Well, uh, the more responsibility you can push throughout the value chain allows the people to adapt. And and so if they're in a role where their their mindset is, well, I just have to do what my the orders are. The organization's going to be less adaptable than we say, here's the goal, here's what we want to get done, and here's how we think your role plays in that. And then as you start to do it, you go, well, wait a second. I see where you're trying to get to, but this isn't how you're going to get there by me doing this. And so it really becomes a process of empowering the employees. You know, we're talking a little bit about change and making decisions and by looking at your bio, you went from Time Warner to, you know, different places in the United States, and then you went to New Zealand. I was curious to know what made you decide to stop working with Time Warner and then decide to go on a different path for a little while and then coming back with this opportunity. Right. 
I just wanted a, uh, the thing looked like a, just an incredible chance to do something different. And uh, the original plan was to go there for three years, get this thing up and running and, and come back. And I kind of got lost. And 10 years later, uh, uh, because a lot of my children were moving to the mainland to go to school and stuff, we wanted to get uh, back into the U.S. And so uh, the opportunity to go to a different country and, and try to apply what I'd learned in, in America was cool to begin with. And then the experience I got from building an entire industry in in New Zealand was something that, you know, uh, was an education. I, What's the most important thing you learned from that experience that you maybe use today? I think businesses either improve or or uh, slide. And I, I think the focus that I've learned is that to you have to be constantly reinvesting a certain portion of the money you're making back into the operation and taking off in a, a different direction because if you're not evolving, I think somebody said if you uh, live in the past, you die in the present. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Staying cool on Hawaiian time. Neptunites, the sunshine in your mouth. Neptunites. For bubble tea supplies in your home, at a party or business, contact Bubble Tea Supply at 948-2622 or online at bubbletea.com. Neptunites, the sunshine in your mouth. How do you sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. GreaterGoodRadio.com You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Please visit us online at GreaterGoodRadio.com. Today's guest is Nate Smith, president of Oceanic Time Warner Cable. Nate is also a member of Boy Scouts of America and the Hawaii Business Roundtable Pacific and Asian Affairs Council. At what point in your career did you know or get taught that giving back to the community and being involved was important as well as building your career at the same time? I guess it started with my father, and uh, you know my father was is uh, sort of a romantic or an idealist, and he, with all of the, his kids, he he um, said your number one goal was uh, for the world or the earth to have been a better place for you having been on it. And so he sort of laid that on us on an early, that responsibility at an early age, and so th- I guess that was the singular thought that sort of always was at the back of my head if you know you know you're selling television is the world a better place for me having been on here and and uh clearly it may be a slightly more entertaining place but um 
And beyond that sort of social conscious, it's just good business. You know, if Hawaii thrives, Oceanic thrives. And if Hawaii has tough times, Oceanic's going to have tough times. So I think just taking, you know, the um, taking care of all the little ills, starting there and then taking on the bigger ones, I just, just think it has to be a focus of any responsible business. So, How are you managing your time between your nonprofit and community activities and your duties as uh, president? At, at this time, not very well. I'm the uh, chairman of the uh, United Way Campaign Committee this year, and I think I'm working about 12 hours a day, uh, so I've got to get a little more dis- I, never, I didn't know what I was signing up for on that one, but um, it calls for discipline, um, you know, and, and uh, again, on the boards, I, uh, if, I'm not, if I don't feel I'm adding value to the boards, then I don't, I don't want to be there. So, uh, but so far, I think people, the um, people that are running the organizations I serve on uh, are getting a value. So I, it does call for a little bit of discipline. And, and, um, but there's also a lot of good psychological feedback when you see some results being uh, achieved out of these. How are you determining which of these organizations you're going to be with? You're on a lot. Yeah. How do you know which ones to turn down? Well, most of them now. <laughs> I've, I've sort of got my full complement at this point. And uh, the one area that I am interested in possibly using uh, Oceanics capabilities also is uh, early childhood uh, learning. That's a particular uh, interest in my, of mine. And, um, and there, are, there are about innumerable organizations already focused on that. So what I'm sort of looking through the United Way to figure out a way where we can consolidate them and then maybe use the technology of the Internet and the television to uh, progress that. And then also, how are you able to balance your time with the nonprofit organizations? You're also a father and a husband. I mean, how is that balancing out for you? Well, the uh, for the most part, the girls are gone. You know, they're in the just send checks mode. And I think my my wife and I just enjoy sort of all things Epicurean. We like to eat. Uh, we like arts, and um, we like being outdoors. And so. Uh, Hawaii offers us this sort of nice uh, balance of, you know, a lot of work infused with a lot of sort of eating, drinking, and and sightseeing. Can you tell us a story that maybe can illustrate how you know that your community work is really making the difference and and giving back? I'm not sure that I can. Uh, And I think one of the things we're wrestling with at the United Way is to get better at that. And I think that's something that's changing, Evan, and it's, it's a good question. Because in the old days, the view was uh, just give money because it's a good thing to do. And, and now what we're seeing, and I think rightfully so, that the modern age is more about accountability. And so where we're focusing the United Way now is to say, to, to sort of view ourselves as a nonprofit mutual fund. And if you're going to invest in us, we want to show you where the money's gone and what it's achieved. And so... That's what you've asked is a recurring question, and hopefully over the, the course of the next you know half year or so, we can get a lot better. I can give you a lot better answer. Were you born and raised in Hawaii? No, 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 no. I was. Uh, I'm a New Yorker. New Yorker. <laughs> uh, and, but uh, so I lived there for my first 18 years, and then I came back after college and spent a couple of years at Manhattan Cable, and then I've been gone ever since. So, being that you didn't grow up here, are you able to give our listeners a little advice of 
Why, although if you're not from Hawaii, you should still get involved and give back to the community. Be a part of it because business succeeds while the community succeeds. Yeah, I mean, I I think that's it. I mean, I think, and, but I, I also think you should feel it. You, it's, it's not an obligation that you should, if you're doing it because somebody told you to, it's probably not such a great thing. And so I'd like, I like to think by the time people become high enough up in an organization that, that the, their perspective has grown with them. And so that it's less of an obligation and more of a, you know, sort of a labor of love. Thanks for joining us today on Greater Good Radio. For more information or a transcript of today's show, please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. This is your host, Evan Leong and Carrie Leong, saying please join us next time for another episode of Greater Good Radio, Hawaii.